You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm Kenny Ortiz. This is Theology for the Rest of Us coming at you from the beautiful metropolis of Orlando, Florida. That is the home of the great philosopher known as Mickey Mouse. That's right. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for allowing me to have a voice in your life. This is episode 233, and I'm going to be talking about uh, the differences between conservatives and liberals. We'll basically be defining what is a conservative and what is a liberal. Um, I've been asked questions related to this multiple times, specifically when I use the word conservative, people sometimes are somewhat confused uh, by what I'm referring to when I'm using the word conservative in the realm of theology. So I kind of want to just bring some clarity. Um, when you're using the word conservative or the word liberal, there are sort of three, three sort of ways that you can, three different contexts in which you can use uh, those terms. In the the general and most literal sense um, of the of the words, uh, conservative just means someone who who doesn't waste things, or right? someone who conserves, or someone who maybe plays it safe and is not a risk taker. That, that's kind of the two general sense, right? So uh, a a conservative would be someone, let's say, who when they're brushing their teeth, they turn off the water in between, right? Because they want to conserve water. Not me. On the, I leave the water running the entire way, all the way through. So I am, I am lavishly wasting the water. I am being liberal with the water. That would be, uh, that would be maybe a, a, in the sense a liberal, someone who who maybe is is loose and not seeking to conserve. Um, uh, or, or a conservative might be someone when you're driving down the street and you're approaching an intersection, and maybe maybe you're still a little ways away from the intersection and the light turns yellow. Um, someone who's conservative would just slow down and stop and let the light turn red and then wait for the next one. That would be someone who maybe maybe in, in general would be considered conservative, you know, play it safe. Uh, where maybe someone who's a little more of a risk taker who's not conservative would put the gas pedal on and go right through that yellow light. That's, again, that would be me. Um, so in, in the general sense or sort of a, you know, sort of kind of a, um, a not specific sense, conservative and liberal it can be used in, in, in general conversation to describe different types of people. Um, but in a more specific or a more particular sense, we've got the word conservative and the word liberal being used in other realms, uh, both in the world of politics and in the world of theology. Within the world of politics, a conservative is someone, typically in the United States, we use the term conservative to describe someone who is seeking to conserve some of the traditions or traditional ideology of the United States, right? The conservative America says, hey, our country uh, was built on some great ideals and some great policies, some great values. We should fight to maintain those things. We should we should promote uh, policies and legislation and campaigns and politicians that are going to fight to conserve the old way of doing things um, to some extent. Uh, where you have the liberal is going to say, let's liberate away from, or let's let's be loose with how tightly we hold on to the traditions or the ideals of previous generations. Um, so again, the conservative is holding on, the liberal is willing to let go. Um, if you are an extreme conservative, that can be bad in a political sense because um, 
as time goes on, there is a need for society to progress and to sort of reassess and to, to make some changes as needed. That that can be a good thing. Um, but if you're an extreme liberal, that can be also a very bad thing because maybe you're willing to reject or let go of some old traditions or some old values that were extremely helpful. Um, that's what we see within the political debate. So I think uh, in either extreme, you can, you can be flawed to some extent. Um, so in essence, the conservative in the political sense is wanting to promote the ideology and the values that were the foundations of our country where the liberals are willing to maybe uh, are maybe willing to liberate against that or away from that uh, to some extent. Interestingly enough, what the liberal position would have been uh, during the founding of our country um, is more in line with the conservative positions of today and vice versa. Um, so let me, let me explain that when the United States was founded, um, there was strong government, you know, control over the lives of the people. And the American founders were seeking to liberate away from that. They would have been liberal and they wanted small government and they wanted more free enterprise and more free trade. They, they wanted to promote capitalism and, uh, and, and, and the ideals of liberty and giving people more freedoms. That was a liberal idea. They were liberating, um, away from the big government structures of, of the, of the day when the country, when our country is being founded. Um, that is in essence, that was the founding of our country. And so today the conservative political movement is seeking to stick with that small government, free enterprise, as much freedom and liberty as possible. Uh, you know, not giving government power and control over the people, um, where liberalism in America has seemingly wanted to liberate away from that and is seeking a, a, a stronger central government, um, and so what, what is considered conservative in one generation may be considered liberal in another, and what's considered liberal in one generation may be considered uh, conservative in another, right? They, they kind of can flip-flop depending on the cultural context. Um, so, you know, so from a political standpoint, you've got conservatism and liberalism at play. Um, and again, I think there are some great positives to conservatism, and I think there's some great positives to liberalism, and I think um, in either extreme, you can have some significant pitfalls and, and detriments to society um, if you are an extreme conservative or, or an extreme liberal. Now, from a theological standpoint, we also have uh, liberalism and conservatism. I'm sure some of you guys are like thinking, yeah, you've been talking about politics, but this was a theology podcast. It is a theology pod podcast. And within the realm of theology, we have liberal and we have conservative. Um, within the realm of, of theology, it is comparable to what we would see in the realm of politics. And that is, we want to, if you are a theological conservative, you are seeking to hold on to the ideals of old and the manners of old or the, the, the ways of old, so to speak. Um, throughout the centuries, throughout the generations of the church, for the last 2,000 years of church history, there have been certain things that the church has held to, certain biblical convictions that the church has believed and embraced and defended, um, certain ways to read the scripture, certain ways to interpret the scripture, certain ways to apply the scripture. There's sort of been, uh, as I've talked about in previous episodes, a general consensus, an orthodox view um, or orthodox manner to 
both exposit and to explain and apply the scriptures. Like this is the conservative way of approaching theology. Now there have been all throughout church history, different pockets of people who would seek to liberate against that or be liberal to some extent. Um, but, but modern liberalism or the modern, modern liberal movement uh, really exploded and kind of formalized in the 1800s. I talked about this extensively in episode 229 when I talked about Christian fundamentalism. And Christian fundamentalism is really a response to the rise of theological liberalism. Um, it started in Germany and other parts of Europe in the early to mid-1800s. And then by the time we get to the late 1800s and early 1900s, you have this liberalism spreading throughout, uh, throughout England and throughout the United States. And in essence, theological liberalism was the idea of saying we're going to liberate away from the old traditional way of approaching the scriptures and we're not going to stand for those traditional biblical convictions or we're going to at least be very loose with them and be willing to let go of them. So things like the deity of Christ or the virgin birth or the inerrancy of scripture, um, you know, things like uh, what we, how we approach interpreting scriptures that deal with um, uh, gender roles and women in leadership. Um, the, you know, there whole, there's a whole variety of things, how we interpret the scripture, how we, uh, you know, how we, you know, uh, look at the literary genres of scripture, um, the, the physical miracles of Jesus, how we interpret passages re- around the, uh, around the second coming of Christ, how we interpret passages related to, uh, the nation of Israel versus the church. And I mean, just all these different sorts of things. And again, I'm not saying these debates and differences didn't exist before the 1800s. Certainly they did, but there was sort of, there was sort of a boundary to, to how the debates took place. And there was some common ground, um, and sort of, everyone sort of embraced certain ways of interpreting the scripture and certain ways of approaching these doctrinal differences. And what we see in the 1800s and into the early 1900s is a wave of theologians that are liberating against what the church had long held to. Um, And you find them willing to reject core Christian uh, fundamentals and core Christian beliefs that had long been held, that the church had traditionally embraced and fought to conserve and preserve throughout the centuries and throughout the generations. Now you have this movement of liberals willing to liberate against that. Um, and I think, in my opinion, is potentially dangerous, uh, maybe not potentially dangerous, actually could be very dangerous um, for the body of Christ. So in general, conservatives are seeking to hold on to some of the traditions um, and liberals are seeking to liberate away from that. And you can, again, that crosses over into a variety of, of ways of using those terms, but also within the political realm or specific within the political realm and within the realm of theology. Now, I will tell you this. I myself do, I would label myself a conservative, both in the world of politics and in the world of theology. Um, in the world of politics, I believe that uh, conservatism leads us to the best policies for the most amount of people. I don't think it leads us to perfect policies, but I do believe that conserving some of the ideals of how our country was founded leads us to the best legislation possible, where I believe if you liberate away from some of those those ideals, you potentially, uh, you, you, you end up with legislation and policy that I believe ultimately can be extremely harmful or detrimental to society in the long term. A lot of liberal policies may seem good in the short term, and they may even seem helpful to people, 
but in the long term, they could be devastating to society and ultimately are, are very negative, in my opinion. Um, political, or excuse me, theological liberalism, in my opinion, leads you away from Christian doctrine uh, or from, from quality Christian doctrine toward doctrine that I believe um, it, it typically will slide into the realm of heresy. Um, and so I believe that theological conservatism is the best approach because it keeps us closest to the truth. It doesn't guarantee it, of course, um, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean there's not pitfalls in the world of theological conservatism. I think there is. The extreme of that, as I talked about in episode 229, is Christian fundamentalism, which I reject and I think can be harmful in a lot of ways. But I think overall, theological conservatism is the most likely likely uh, perspective and ideology that will lead us lead us closest to true Christian doctrine that is Christ honoring and most helpful for the body of Christ. Um, so I myself embrace political and theological conservatism. Now, that doesn't mean that I agree with every single point uh, that conservatives stand for, because I don't. There are areas where political conservatives stand for certain things that I disagree with. And in the same way, within the realm and world of theology, there are points of theology and doctrine that 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 uh, theological conservatives have embraced that I disagree with uh, to some extent. Again, I don't agree with conservatives um, in either world, political or theological. I don't agree with conservatives 100%, but in general, overall, I believe the conservative uh, ideology leads us to the best possible place. In the world of politics, I believe it is it leads us to the to, to the overarching best policies and the best trajectory for society, and the world of theology, I believe it leads us to the to the closest uh, or, or leads us, it leads us the closest to overall truth and leads us to doctrines, which I believe are the most Christ honoring and the most helpful for the body of Christ. That is the reason why I embrace conservatism, both in the world of politics and in the world of theology. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope it was helpful and insightful. If you want me to bring any clarity to anything I've said, shoot me an email or tweet at me. I'd love to hear from you. Or if you want me to do a topic or address a question in a future episode of the podcast, even if it's completely unrelated to this one, I'd love to hear from you as well. Shoot me an email or tweet at me. My email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Or on Twitter, it's at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Hey, to ensure that you never miss an episode of the podcast, make sure you subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. That'll guarantee that every episode gets delivered directly to your device as soon as the episodes go live. Hey, thanks again for listening. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.